it causes up to one-third of all strokes. So we're discussing carotid artery disease and how to treat it. Our guest, Dr. George Eller. He's a board-certified and fellowship-trained cerebrovascular and endovascular neurosurgeon, part of the Krauss Health Neurosurgery Team. This is Krauss HealthCast, a podcast from Krauss Health. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Hi, Dr. Eller. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Joey. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. So first, for those uninitiated here, where are our carotid arteries in the first place? Where are they located? And in a nutshell, what do they do? Right. So the carotid arteries are the two main suppliers of blood to the brain. So they are located in our neck. On either side of the neck, you can actually feel it. You're able to palpate the carotid just by gently putting your two fingers on the side of your neck muscle. You can feel the heartbeat there. Those are the two main vessels that provide blood supply to the brain. And so carotid artery disease is also known as carotid stenosis. So what is that and why is it so crucial to avoid? So carotid disease or carotid stenosis is a narrowing of the diameter of the carotid. So essentially the blood vessel becomes smaller and so you have less blood flow to the brain. And obviously uh, the reason this is important is because with less blood to the brain, the brain has potentially less ability, less hemodynamic reserve, if you will. And obviously, the, the main importance of this is that, as you mentioned in the introduction, it's a major risk factor for a stroke. And so who, generally speaking, is most at risk for carotid disease? The risk factors for carotid disease are essentially the same for risk factors for vascular disease elsewhere, including the heart. So things like high blood pressure, uncontrolled diabetes, high cholesterol. As a matter of fact, the narrowing of the carotid artery is usually caused by what we call a plaque, which is consistent with cholesterol and platelets, which are a constituent of the blood that forms clots, right? The cells in the bloodstream that lead to clot formation. So they can get stuck to this cholesterol layer in the carotid, and there's sometimes some calcification there. So all these different risk factors essentially affect blood vessels anywhere in the body and obviously, the carotid is one of the main sites where such, we call them atheromas or atherosclerotic plaques develop. Another reason for that is that there's a bifurcation there. So there's like a big vessel called the common carotid, and it splits in two, the internal carotid and the external carotid. So where those bifurcations happen is an ideal place for this plaque to form and for the vessel diameter to narrow significantly. Another important risk factor, by the way, is smoking cigarettes, which is really bad for your blood vessels. As much as it is bad for your lungs, it's also very bad for your blood vessels. Interesting that you mentioned that because I wasn't aware of that. Do you think that gets overlooked because there's such an association between one and not the other? Yeah, it's a very common thing for us who see patients with carotid disease and cerebrovascular disease on a daily basis. And a lot of times, those folks are heavy smokers. And so it is clearly a very important association. So what are the typical symptoms of blockage in a carotid artery? Essentially, the symptoms associated with carotid stenosis are the same symptoms that one would associate with stroke. Weakness on one side of the body or the other, 
numbness or tingling on one side of the body or the other, trouble with vision. Actually, a very common symptom is a small little piece of that plaque that I described before that breaks off and migrates distally, ends up in the small blood vessel in the eye, as a matter of fact, and give you a little retinal stroke. And so it's a very common symptom called amaurosis, which is visual loss associated with this. One could have trouble with speech. And those symptoms can be either permanent, which would be a stroke, or they could be temporary. That's called a TIA or a transient ischemic attack, which means it's almost like a warning sign that something really bad is about to happen. And if anybody has any of those symptoms, especially if they come and go, one has to be very aware of the fact that this could be an impending stroke about to happen. And you should not waste any time whatsoever and come to the hospital. Right, because obviously once a stroke begins, time really becomes of the essence and minutes could be the difference between life or death in terms of someone being treated in time, right? Correct, absolutely. Time is essence. I would dare say that in the entire field of medicine, there is no other condition more time sensitive than stroke. And as we talked in the beginning of this conversation, carotid artery disease is one of the major risk factors for stroke. So if any of those symptoms happened, that's the main message every time we talked about this. Please don't waste any time. Come to the hospital. Call 911. Have the paramedics, the EMS folks bring you into the hospital to be evaluated, even if the symptoms resolve. Because as I said, this might be just a warning sign and you need to be evaluated because if you have a severe stenosis of your carotid and something really bad is about to happen, we can prevent it from happening if we can get in there in a timely fashion. And speaking, doctor, of prevention, you were just talking about trying to do so on your end, but on the patient's end, in terms of trying to head this off at the pass, from those you see on a daily basis, what's the one thing that people have most control of in their own lifestyle that can bring this condition about that you want to warn people they can change on their own? Well, Joey, the factors that prevent carotid disease are the same that prevent vascular disease, cardiac disease. For example, controlling blood pressure, controlling diabetes, making sure that you know what your cholesterol and lipid levels are, and if necessary, control and take medicines for hypercholesterolemia, a healthy lifestyle in terms of diet and exercise, and most importantly, not smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes is actually one of the significant risk factors for vascular disease as much as for lung cancer, and most people may not even be aware of that. Gotcha. So moving on, what are the treatment options should someone have carotid stenosis? Well, the treatment options are essentially split in three separate possibilities. One is medical management. When somebody has some carotid disease, but it's not severe enough to require intervention, either surgery or endovascular intervention. And medical management consists of what I just described before as far as preventative measures. In addition to in terms of medicine, aspirin and Plavix, which are very common, we call them antiplatelet agents. So those are common medications that are very commonly used to prevent worsening of vascular disease anywhere in the body, including the carotids, as well as treating a hypercholesterolemia, right? The high cholesterol levels need to be medicated 
And now that we have the statins, which are also very good medications for that purpose. So a combination of antiplatelet agents and statins is a very good combination to treat carotid disease, as long as it is mild, right? If you go beyond a certain threshold, then you have what we call interventions. And that splits in two options. One is open surgery, which is a procedure called carotid endarthrectomy. And the other option is a more minimally invasive option, which is called an endovascular stenting. So both options actually work really well. And the intervention piece of this, either by open surgery or by the endovascular route, referred to essentially reopening the vessel. So that narrowing that I described before, which is what the disease is about, essentially is reversed by either doing surgery on the blood vessel or by putting a stent within the blood vessel. And so how do you diagnose which treatment is best? The decision about which way to go, how to treat the carotid, has to do with many factors that are very individualized. And so there's no one size fits all. But in general, we look at whether or not the patient has symptoms, right? Sometimes the carotid disease can be picked up on routine checks with your primary doctor, right? You're just going for a checkup. You have a Doppler study. It shows the narrowing. That sometimes requires treatment as well. If it is very significant, like 80% or greater, we would recommend some sort of intervention. But if you have symptoms, then that threshold's a lot less. It would be 50% or greater, we would recommend an intervention. So it depends on the degree of stenosis. It depends on whether or not it's symptomatic or not symptomatic. And then to decide if you are going to do this via an open surgery or via a carotid stenting procedure, it depends on the anatomy. Some patients' vessels, some patients' carotids are more amenable to the open surgery because depending on the tortuosity and how much calcification is there and all of those things, maybe the stenting is not a good option. Conversely, if somebody has had surgery before in the neck or if somebody has a lot of other medical issues that would make surgery not advisable, then the carotid stenting procedure is the way to go because that can be done under local anesthesia. You don't have to be under general anesthesia. It's a much easier and quicker procedure. And so the decision is very individually based and has to do with all those different factors which have to be taken into account at the time of the individual patient evaluation. And so obviously a number of different options and a number of decisions and factors that go into that. So in summary here, Doc, why is Krauss the best place to go to treat carotid stenosis? Well, we at Krauss are proud to say that we have all the elements in place to provide a very comprehensive, multidisciplinary care for patients suffering from vascular diseases in general, cerebrovascular diseases in particular, right? So we have a well-trained, well-experienced team of physicians, cerebrovascular surgeons such as myself, vascular surgeons. We are able to do all those procedures that I talked about, either open surgery or the carotid stenting. We can do all of it under one roof and able to provide a comprehensive evaluation of what is the best treatment for any individual patient. And that is one of the pinnacles of our work in preventing strokes and treating strokes, something that we're very proud here at Krauss. Well, obviously a very, very specialized area of medicine to say the least. Folks, we trust you're now more familiar with carotid artery disease and its treatment 
Dr. George Eller, very educational, very informative. Thanks so much again. My pleasure. Have a great day. Same here. You too. And for more information, please visit KrausMed.com forward slash George hyphen Eller hyphen MD hyphen MBA. That's KrausMed.com forward slash George, J-O-R-G-E hyphen Eller hyphen MD hyphen MBA. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. And thanks again for listening to Krauss HealthCast, a podcast from Krauss Health. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Wallace.